0: So uh I wanted to have you on today to talk a little bit about church, music in the church and kind of our experience. We've both been on staff worship leaders at churches before and had um a lot of different experience in that area. So why don't you just tell me, I don't know, if let's just talk a little bit about your experience and
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think about it was maybe my second year of college. Um I remember being at Purdue, going to Passion Conference for the first time uh, mm-hmm. in Atlanta. So this was Passion 2010, and it was just so crazy cool. Uh, that Diving ourselves by... I know, like, yeah, yeah, guys. no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. It was such a cool experience. It was like, man, all these, you know, it was like Hillsong United was there. Mm-hmm. which You know, then, like, they were writing every youth worship song. And so it's like, you got to hear your worship band, like what they were doing at your youth group, you know, my high school youth group, you'd hear their version of it, but then you'd hear Hillsong's version of it. And you were like, oh, that's what it's supposed to sound like. (laughs) So I kind of, that was when I fell in love with worship music and um, had had a plan to help start a church with uh, a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of in the early stages of that church talk. And uh, I fell in love with, I think, worship leading at that point. And I couldn't play guitar. I couldn't like I, I had never really sang anywhere or anything like that. And uh, I just asked my pastor, "Hey, if uh, the guy who would eventually be my pastor, Aaron, uh, hey, uh, if I learn how to play guitar, can I lead worship at our church?" And he was like, "Sure, yeah, and I, yep, you do that, Chris." And uh, so for me, that was kind of the point where I fell in love with worship music. Yeah, and uh, got to see it done really well. Um, and no, and I had seen that at conferences and some different things, but that was the time where God really got a hold of my heart and I started taking my faith very seriously, uh, which led into eventually like taking my faith seriously into like what do I want to do with my life. Yeah. And that led me toward uh Bible college in Missouri, a small Bible college and uh Baptist Bible college. Shameless plug there. But no, I really loved my time there and I thought God was calling me into like church ministry and yeah. really fell in love with that. I had found a church at Purdue that I loved um Clear River Church and uh some people just really poured into me there like heavy and and when you're in a very formative time in your life in college and you're trying to figure out what what am I going to do with my life what is that supposed to be about and so I think for me I got to see what great church leadership looked like and just like really practical ministry like you took me to Chick-fil-A and asked me about my life and you know it's like somebody cared about you and you got to see how they led groups. You got to see how they organized their ministries and helped the city. And it was like, I think this is something I really want to do with my life like yeah. as a career. And so before that, I had never really thought about it. It was like, church just happens. You go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up in church is like, you go, there's some music. Like I grew up at a contemporary church, so we didn't really sing hymns or anything like that. But it was like, so I, I enjoyed my church experience growing up. It was like, man, I want to do that, I think, with the rest of my life. No, that hasn't... Uh, played out that way I've had several other jobs sure it have nothing to do with churches you know specifically but um careers that you get to meet a lot of people that you're like man I want these people to go to my church too wherever that's at mm-hmm. so for me that was kind of the early early part of it is falling in love with uh Jesus first and foremost yeah right or- and, and and taking your faith seriously uh learning that there are things you can do that are eternal mm-hmm. and there are things that you can do that Really, in my mind, started to seem very uh pointless to chase after. You know, yeah. kind of like the corner office idea, or I think I wanted to go into like um PR yeah. work, and and I just kind of quickly realized my passions were not there, mm-hmm. and so that made it easy to go to a Bible college and take that leap. And uh, yeah, it was one of the best decisions I think I ever made. And then that was with the plan to start a church, so that was kind of uh, a whole, whole different chapter. Sure, and so at you know got better at. Uh, some musician stuff and started leading worship for like kids things you know and it was like the very first thing I did I think I had to serve in the kids ministry at the church I was at and they said you want to sing on the stage and do all the motions for the songs and all that (laughs) and I remember having a conversation with uh, my pastor there of like if I can't do that then why do I think I could lead people in worship someday you're not willing to, to do that yeah you know to lead little kids and learn the motions and you know, the silly songs and all that. So that that was kind of like, for me, where worship ministry was birthed. And then Mm -hmm. that kind of led to other opportunities. And, you know, when you find yourself at little bitty churches, which I did, a couple of them is like, they hear you play guitar. They don't even know if you can sing. And they say, hey, you want to, you're a help with the music? Yeah. And (laughs) it's like, okay.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was the same way with me starting at Terrace Lake. I think we visited and I was up there playing drums like the next week or something like that. Mm -hmm. So... Um, but yeah, I was similar. Like my, my mom and dad actually led worship when I was younger. And so I kind of saw it, but didn't really think anything about it necessarily. Um, but I got into music and in middle school and started playing a little bit in church just because it was an opportunity to play. Um, and then got into the whole hardcore heavy metal kind of thing, um, outside of the church, but we were still doing Christian music and that was like a big, um, like ministry opportunity for kids that I felt like are never going to walk into church. Yeah. And so that was like, for me, kind of the same experience I got into, um, doing graphic design work and that kind of thing, but it was just like, didn't feel like there was any purpose for me in that, you know? when i was doing that i was like i feel like there's something else that's really like i guess what i'm called to be doing sure. uh, so that so that wasn't at a church when you were doing the graphic design no okay. no it was for a for a printing company and doing some freelance stuff on my own but um but yeah i really started getting into leading worship at our church just kind of on the side and then it was a really weird leap from the hardcore band where we feel like we're reaching people who might not be reached to playing for mostly the same people in the same place every week and not knowing if you're really making any kind of impact on those people. And on a much more chill scale. Yes, way more chill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, it was definitely a switch. But, again, I feel like we both ended up in the same place where there was probably a time where we both thought, like, this is it, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. yep. But I mean, it was obvious to me, like that wasn't the plan in the end. And I had to be okay with that. It was a, an interesting change. So I know like there was a lot of good and all that. There was probably a lot of times of struggle and that's what I feel like people from the outside looking in maybe don't see that, that kind of stuff. So even aside from like transitioning. Out of full-time ministry, like what did that what did the ministry from day to day look like maybe the the struggles that you don't feel like people really see or know about?
1: Uh, yeah, one of the big ones I would say so when I moved back to Columbus um, and this was right before it was right after college it was before I was married um, I got I started leading worship at a little church uh, first Baptist Church in Hartsville for maybe about a year, uh, or a little less. And then I ended up moving up to Indianapolis. Um, and you know, you had a church with like very limited resources and, yeah. and which most churches are, you know, yeah. the, the average church size I hear people say is about 80 people in America. And, uh, this, this was that, you know, and yeah. so as, um, you're working with limited musicians and limited singers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and every single church seems to have those struggles. Like yeah, e- even bigger, for churches, sure. it seems like are, you know, not totally satisfied with the level of, I don't know, resources or the level of talent or the amount of volunteers that you have. Yeah. Um, but then I wasn't on staff there, but then uh, I did get hired onto a church at uh, in, in Indianapolis because mm-hmm. um, they really needed some help. There was a new pastor there, uh, Steve Bolin. I love that guy. Steve, if you see this. I love you. Uh, And so, you know, he was trying to help turn the church around um, who had kind of been doing the same thing for a really long time. And so we got there in a similar season and and got to really try to uh, tackle some things together. And I was mostly paid to just lead worship. You know, I didn't, I actually didn't have to do um, a ton of the organization, but there was another lady uh, named Lisa who did all that and she was fantastic. Uh, But it, for me, it was my first taste of kind of seeing behind the scenes of uh the struggles the pastors have uh and not just pastors but people who work part-time at a Mm -hmm. church so i was paid part-time and i wasn't doing anything at that church that was more than most other volunteers right um i probably put in a little more practice time it was more of like a hey you have this you know this skill maybe that we can utilize and we would love for you to do that yeah okay that's great um and but that wasn't my full-time job either but just uh what the pattern that that started for me was having to be there every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think some people don't realize as you as a worship leader, don't get to experience church the same way as yeah. everyone else. Uh, and I, that, the same goes for anybody really who's on stage a lot or in any ministry role where um, like you can take weeks off, but at the same time you're having to make that decision of like, well, if I take a week off, you know, what are the domino effects of that? Yeah, Like, who do I have to back me up or who, you know, is my pastor okay with those people or is, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Are they going to do an okay job? You feel like everything's going to sort of fall apart without you, which it never does. And like, yeah. we, we, I think it's an area that
0: feels that way, Like it feels that if you know, somebody visits and it's not as good exactly. as that week and then they don't come back. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: And especially doing ministry in your hometown, you yeah. know, you, and you've got friends from high school, at least I do that, you know, that was our vision later on for, for Athens church um, was just like, man, I get to, I can invite people to a church that we're starting who I know mm-hmm. are in town. And, you know, maybe you had a a similar experience, I don't know, but I think, uh, yeah, there's that whole part-time thing that, you know, and then I can move on from that church to when we had helped start a church and I was part-time and you only have so much time to give to it. And so, you know, you have to choose, okay, am I going to do song charts or am I going to have a lunch today? Mm -hmm. Right. Or am I, am I going to be able to, to hang out with my wife tonight or am I going to have to work on songs for, for Christmas? You know, (laughs) that kind of stuff. So I think people underestimate the amount of time that you have to spend to make things uh, work and function really well. Mm-hmm. Probably underestimate the time that you get texts that you're kind of freaking out because your drummer can't show up that morning, <laughs> and the first song you have is totally drum-led. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. drums are really heavy in it, or something So there's just so many things that people can't see and never will see uh, that add up to the, the you know the whole. I don't know, a whole uh experience that people have mm-hmm. when they come to church. And and you know, even even down to things like why is that curtain open? Why are you know, little details that you're that you notice that other people, a lot of times even people in your band don't even notice. Like yeah. they're they're not paying attention to that stuff. And I'm like, Well why are, okay, why is there this much space between the chairs? It should be and and again, that those are things that really like if you're talking like grand scheme of things, kingdom of God mm-hmm. things, they don't, don't matter. Yeah. But you start to really those are the things that you're thinking about because you want people to have a good experience. Yeah. Right. You want them to want to come back. You want to limit distractions Mm -hmm. for people. So yeah, as far as me, I would say the time, if you're part-time at a church or any kind of ministry, you just can't give your whole self to it. Right. Cause you've got to wake up, you know, be with your family, get kids ready, go out the door to your full-time job and then figure out all the in between when can I fit in this stuff? When can I fit in these phone calls that I need to have with this band member? Or, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Or or even with your pastor with like, okay, when can I do staff meetings every week? Mm-hmm. You know, to try to work around that schedule and all that. So, yeah, I mean, maybe you can speak to some of that too
0: because you probably, you probably weren't full-time all the time. I mean, no, I wasn't. But I will say, I don't feel like it was a whole lot different full-time. It's still, it, I think just the nature of being in ministry, like it's not a it's not a job. Yep. Like you're there because you feel deeply that like this is what you're called to do. It's, so it's like anything anybody asks me to do, I'm gonna do it. And any time I need to put into it, I'm gonna do that. And there's always, whether spoken or unspoken, you're kind of you need to be at everything the church does. Right. And you yep. need to be there every week. And you kind of need to be like i don't know scene isn't necessarily the right way to put it but it's just you need to be present for everything and for me it got a lot of i mean it was really easy to cut family time because i gotta be here for a rehearsal or i've got to work on the sound system until midnight tonight because something's not working with it or whatever and family time is always the first thing to get cut unfortunately and so and people kind of wear that as a badge of honor too, right? They
1: do, yeah. Well, just in culture, yeah. period. It's like the busier you are, the yeah. more the more it seems like you're productive. You're important. Or you're important. Yeah, that's a really good way to say it. Yeah. But in reality, it's like, no, your priorities are just really messed up, uh-huh. right? And so, yes, this is the church of Christ, right? Right. The denomination. But, you know, like, yeah. like you're you're handling Christ's bride and, and you're, you want to serve God well and faithfully. And I think we think that that means killing ourselves. Mm-hmm and sacrificing everything else because God should be our first priority. But there is a difference, you know, in like, well, what, what is your family going to learn about ministry? What are your kids going to learn? You know, I'm just getting to the point where my five-year-old is, you know, I can rub off on her a little more, but as your kids get older, which you know, you know, with your boys, it's like, yeah, you're cutting out something, you're cheating somebody. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, has that changed for you? Do you think moving, moving out
0: of, it definitely ministry. has. Going out of full-time ministry was, like, uh, had my life back a little bit, mm. you know? And not that it was all bad by any means, but it was just that expectation wasn't there anymore. But it's also a little strange because it's, like, you're, is, your, is your faith your job or is your job, yeah. like... It was a major transition after not working at the church to figuring out... Like, what in the world is my place in church now? Dude. Um, I mean, I feel like it's taken me, you know, it's been a little over five years, I think, since I was on staff there. And, I mean, there are still things that I'm just like, I feel like I should know what's going on behind the scenes, but I don't. Or, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't get to speak into that anymore. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. right. It's, it's such a strange thing, but it's been really good because it's made me not rely on my job to be like my walk with God. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of figuring that out all over again a little bit.
1: Yeah. I've gone through this weird phase. So, you know, we we recently transitioned this past year away from the church that we helped start and, you know, and we did it gracefully and we still love the church and, you know, it wasn't anything like, oh, we're never coming back here. We hate this. Place. You know, we got so wrong. It was, it was nothing like that. It's just a yeah. time for a transition for us. And, um, and to find another church, we really underestimated how hard that was going to be, not just to find people that you care about and, and the length of time it takes to develop relationships, but also the amount of uh, input you used to have versus what you don't at a new church and figuring out, man, who am I without being on a stage? Yeah. Who am I if I'm just in the audience? You know, even my temptation in talking to new people at, at the new church we had been going to um, has has just been okay i'm telling myself okay don't try to lead with your strengths because <laughs> everything in me just wants to lead with my strengths and tell people oh, i used to do this and this, yeah. and this. it's like because yeah. you're looking for something i think to feel impressive mm-hmm. and you want people to know how much you know maybe you've thrived in a different season or yeah you know and that gosh yeah you've you find out how much of your identity was wrapped up in like being in ministry, Mm -hmm. you know, or like being a pastor or being a worship leader um, and being on the stage. And so, I don't know, this has been a good season of growth, I think for us, but it's also been really challenging. Like you'd mentioned, okay, I'm not paid to have a relationship with Jesus anymore. (laughs) Yeah, And it's like, well, you know, if pastors are listening or ministry leaders or something, it's like, well, do you clock in when when you do your devotional time? Yeah, Like to some extent, you're sort of paid to be a role model Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, and I say that in the best way possible. It's you are paid so that you have time to experience God yourself, have alone time with God. You don't have to go work a nine to five job. You know, you you, like you are paid to do this so that you can help other people learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. Like you are paid to help equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And, you know, a lot of times it kind of, I don't know, it can, it can feel like you, if you're not getting paid for it, well, then you're not going to do it. And so it's been, it's been challenging in that sense of like, okay, what does my quiet time look like? You know, if you're into that, um, what does my daily prayer life look like? What, how do I lead my family? How do you actually minister to people? Yeah. In a workplace, like any workplace or school or, you know, wherever you find yourself, the marketplace, I don't know. Um, and it just looks different than a church because, you know, even there were times I got to preach, you know, at, at our old church and, and i really enjoyed it but like people are forced to sit down and listen to you you know for 35 or 40 minutes and or an hour out know there's times i went long i'm sure <laughs> but you know they're there knowing what to expect but when you're entering you know any kind of marketplace job um, like i work for a bigger company now and um i get to share jesus with people and like it's really great but it's different it is a different thing yeah um Than when people are sitting there expecting that that's what they're supposed to hear. Yeah. Right. And so learning how to navigate those relationships is different. Uh, Learning that you are not any better than anybody. Uh Like, and and not even that. But hey, there. I've realized there are so many people I look up to now that I didn't before because they were so faithful to serving their church, Mm -hmm. um, or our church, or serving the ministry that I was leading. They're just, they're just legitimately better Christians than me. (laughs) <laughs> like they just love God more than I do. They serve more wholeheartedly than I do. They know the Bible better than I do, even after going to like a Bible college and yeah. having that education. So I don't know. I think I think you learn way more about yourself when you get to step out of ministry than, you know, vocational ministry. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are supposed to like step out of ministry, right? right? Like we're all yeah. supposed to be doing that. But when you think God's called you to do that as a vocation, it can be a really difficult thing uh, to figure out who you are without it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not
0: counting it out. So, you know, whatever God has yeah.
1: for me, he has for me. me either. You, I'll I think know. if
0: anything that taught me is, you know, things can change tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm not in control. Yep. And there may be this thing that I want to do, but that may not be what's yep. what God has for me. And that's okay. For sure. And so that was, I mean, that would be probably my big thing that I would say, you know, to people who are in ministry right now or had been like. It's okay that that ministry you felt so called to was for that time. Yeah, it doesn't mean you failed because you're not a part of that anymore, you know, yeah. and cause I've, I did feel a little bit of that coming out of that. Like, I thought that was going to be the rest of my life yeah. and I felt like that's where called me, God called me to go and I'm not there anymore. So did I do something wrong Yeah. or what is, what is life supposed to look like now? And that, you know, it's okay to be, just to be content with where you are um, because, you know, again, the vocational side of ministry and just being, you know, a Christ follower are really two different things. And just because you're not in one doesn't mean you're not the other.
1: And it doesn't mean that God loves you any less. Right. Right. Like, I think I felt for a long time, like if I stepped away from or stopped pursuing, you know, some, we were on the way to a basketball game the other day, a Pacers game, and uh, some friends asked, do you think you're still, do you think, are you trying to pursue like ministry jobs Mm -hmm. again? And, you know, I'm up in the air about that, but there was still this feeling of like, if I don't, that I'm forsaking like some kind of calling. Yeah. Like like you're walking
0: away from it.
1: Yeah. And it really harkened back to like in Bible college. I remember some pastoral classes I was in um, where they had people, you know, there might be like. 25 kids in the class and they would say, Hey, um, 10 of you sit down. And it's like, okay, there's 15 of you left statistically in 15 years. These are the only people that will be in ministry.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: And then he said, okay, now, you know, 60% of you sit down. And then it was like, okay, in 20 years, this is how many of you. And then in 23 years, this, you know, and by the end of the class, like you're, you're standing there and there's, you know, the two people. Adam like 25 people in the class that were trying that were studying to be pastors and he would say you and my stats are off right but yeah, yeah. you know it, it was something ridiculous like that like those percentages and and he said so in 30 years all the two of you will be the only people in full-time ministry mm-hmm. and what happened is i took that as like all these people failed and then i think as i'm living life now yeah it's like no these people didn't it's not that they now maybe there's some moral failures maybe people just can't cut it and they give up in ministry i don't know but there's also people who step away to take marketplace jobs Mm -hmm. there are people who decide to stay home with their families there are people who you know are following the call that god has on their life it just doesn't look like we thought it was supposed to when we were being trained for ministry yeah and so i think we tend to think that ministry is just like if you're not working at church at a church or you're not full-time at a church you're not in ministry and it's like that's that's just a joke because that, mm. that, that also communicates to other people in our churches that if they're not on staff, they're not the ones doing ministry. So, like, why are you surprised if that's what you're kind of naturally communicating by your actions or words? Why are you surprised then that they ask you to do everything? Yeah. Well, you're the one in ministry. You're the one getting paid to do. It. It's like, no, that, that's not that is not how it's supposed to be. Mm. And So it's been real life is a little different than theoretical future planning for <laughs> ministry, right? Yeah, sudden for sure. You can't plan it.
0: Yeah.